Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Romans. The New Testament book of Romans and the book of Romans in chapter number 12. The book of Romans and chapter number 12. Well, we could say without a doubt that the year of 2020 has been a very interesting year. It has not been boring. It has always been entertainment. Sometimes not fun entertainment, but entertainment nonetheless. And without a doubt, 2020 has exposed something that we always knew, but has come to light in a more obvious way, is that people think differently than others. Without a doubt. We have a time and frame where people could look at the same incident, the same circumstances, and come to two different far-reaching conclusions. People now respond differently to the same information. People now respond and think differently about a whole lot of other things that we've seen throughout it. You name something within 2020 and there has been controversy. There has been different ways of thinking. There has been fights. There has been all kinds of things. And now as we have an election coming up, we have a battle between ways of thinking. And so as we approach this, we want to have a biblical understanding of how did we get here. Of what's going on. To be able to discern from the Bible. And if we understand from the Bible what is going on, what is causing it. It also helps us to deal with people properly. Because if there's one thing 2020 has shown us, that it doesn't matter how you think, people do not respond properly. And it has made everything worse. So what we want to do here is open up the Word of God. And we want to look and explore some things in the Bible to explain why people think the way that they do. To explain what the solution is and what the goal is. So if you don't mind, let's start off in the book of Romans chapter number 12. The book of Romans chapter 12. And if you know anything about your pastor, my life verse is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And that is because there is so much information within these two verses to guide our walk with the Lord and how we respond to others. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of Romans chapter number 12. And notice with me starting at verse 1. The book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
And if you're going to have it marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Romans chapter 12? The book of Romans chapter 12, and notice a phrase that we find in verse number 2. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. And with this, we want to take this as our title, Be Not Conformed to This World, maybe as a subtitle, A Biblical Explanation of Why People Think Differently. A Biblical Explanation of Why People Think Differently. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. Truly you are the God of the universe. And Lord, with all faith and authority, with all proof, with, all, with no doubt, you are the true and living God. And we know that you know more about man than we know about ourselves. The Bible says that you're even able to discern how we think and why. And so Lord, I'm asking that you would just Guide my thoughts now. This is something that's been percolating in my heart for a while. This is something that's been in the meditation of my mind for quite a while. And now as we approach this sacred time to open up the word of God, I dare not trust my own. I dare not trust my own heart. I don't want to preach what's in my heart. Lord, I don't dare trust my thoughts. I don't want to preach what's in my thoughts. The best I know how, I surrender myself to you so that way you can get across your word. We live in a time where people do not need any more opinions. They don't need any more thoughts. They don't need any more passionate pleas. We need your word. And so the best I know how, I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit and that you would guide and direct everything that is said and done for the help for the betterment, for the understanding for your people. It is something I cannot do. It is something that you and you alone, I'm trusting you to do. Help me now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we understand, there is a spiritual war raging. The Bible talks about that we have three enemies. We have the enemy of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We understand that each of them have their own scopes. That most of us will never be in a position where we get the devil's attention. I'm sorry to deflate your ego there, but most of you are not even on Satan's radar. Satan is a finite being. Meaning he can only be in one place at once. He's not omnipresent and he is not omniscient. Most of you don't even register on his scale. Now, he may send little demons every now and again, but most of you don't even face those because we have enough problem with the other two battles. We know that another spiritual warfare we fight is not only the devil, but we fight against the flesh. And to be honest, that's where you and I live. That is what you and I deal with on a daily basis. We are our own worst enemy. And we're... We... That's one of the reasons why you'll never get Satan's attention for the most part, even me, is because the flesh is enough of an enemy to keep us hindered and keep us from following after God. 
Most of us have a hard time following God because we can't get this flesh under control to obey. And so that's one of our big enemies. But we also have another enemy and that is the world. And when we talk about the world, we have to define our terms. Because in the Bible it speaks about the world in three different ways. So we have to understand what's our enemy. We know that the Bible speaks about the world as the planet. And so we know that the planet itself with the rocks and dirt... That's not our enemy. I mean, you could yell at it all you want and stomp on it, but it doesn't make any difference. The planet is not against you. It doesn't matter what all those nature folks say. The planet is not against you. The Bible also uses the definition that the world consists of the people. For God so loved the world. He didn't die for the rocks. He didn't die for the plants. He died for the world, which meant the people in it. Well, is people our enemy? Well, the Bible is very clear that the weapons of our warfare are mighty. And right before it, it talks about, for we war not against flesh and blood. So what we understand from that passage is that people are not our enemy. That's something that we have to understand right away. People are not our enemy. As much as this year has tried to promote different people and people are at odds against each other, we as Christians, as Bible believers, have to understand right away people are not our enemy. And this is important because we treat enemies differently. If you saw a person as your enemy, you are immediately going to think of them differently and respond to them differently. And not desire the best things for them. And if someone's our enemy. We don't want to spend eternity with them. People are not our enemy. The Bible goes on in that passage in Corinthians. that we, For we war not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. And spiritual darkness in high places. This is the definition of the world that we understand. That it is not the planet. And it is not the people within the planet. It is the world's system. Do you know that the world has a system? It has a system of thought and philosophy that is controlled by a spiritual warfare. For we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual darkness in high places. There is a spiritual war and the world system, its philosophy of thought, its way of thinking is against God. This is what we have to understand what our war is. So we understand that if just because people think differently doesn't make them our enemies. But we do understand this, that the warfare is in the mind. While we're still here at Romans 12, 1 and 2, notice with me in verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In the passage that I was talking about in the book of Corinthians. Let's turn there just for uh, clarity's sake. Look with me in the book of First uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 10, sorry. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let me show you this. The battleground is in the mind. Again, we're just introducing this thought at the moment. And then we're going to dive into it. But I want to show you what the Bible has to say. The battleground is going to be in the mind. Notice with me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 
And notice with me in verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedient to the obedience of Christ. What we have here is the battleground is in the mind. And what the world system does is it, it affects people's thinking to think differently than those that are following after Christ. The battleground is in the mind. And by the way, it is so subtle. And that's what the world system does. It suddenly, slowly, and completely changes someone's thought life. To show this, the first thing I want to show you here is why does the world think the way they do? Why does the world think the way they do? Notice with me all the way back to the book of Romans chapter number 1. At the beginning of the book of Romans chapter 1. And in the book of Romans chapter number 1, God is putting down a summary court case against the unrighteous to prove that they are guilty before God. And so here it's bringing in a uh, foundation to show that every person, it doesn't matter where they are, it doesn't even matter if they've ever heard the gospel or ever seen a Bible or heard the name of Jesus, every person is guilty before God. Notice, if you don't mind, as we pick this up, and I want you to see through this thing as people's minds and the way they think changes. Start with me in verse 17. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we start off with this thing here. God has revealed himself. And there are some people that have obeyed that light that God has given to them. And they're walking in the light. They're walking in faith. They're walking after Christ. But now it reverses. And it changes in verse number 18. And it shows us the world's thinking. And we're going to walk through this passage here. Notice with me in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they... Are without excuse. So as God starts to begin. To build this summary case. Against the unrighteous. He starts off by announcing. That every person. It doesn't matter where they at. Where they live at. Or what time they live at. Every people person who exists has had two revelations of God, two unveilings, uh, pictures of God, two different ways that God has announced there is a God. And these two lights are, first of all, the light of conscience and the light of creation. 
First of all, the light of conscience. That every person who exists has an innate sense of right and wrong. This is a conscience that God has placed into it. Every person understands that there are some things that are not right to do. Every person, it doesn't matter what culture, everyone has an innate sense of right and wrong. And it is God that has given us conscience. And he has revealed himself to every man that there is a God by instilling in everyone a basic sense of right and wrong. Now the second light that God has given us is creation. That with creation it proclaims there is a God. Even the heavens proclaim his handiwork. Nature itself proclaims that there is a God. And we could go into depth in here, but we're not. But we are going to say that God has given man, every man, the light of conscience and the light of creation. Now, every man has to respond to that light. This light is not enough to, for, uh, to save someone, to offer them forgiveness. All it is is enough light to tell everyone there is a God. And every person must respond to this light. Notice as the Bible goes on in verse number 21. Because that, so because of the light of creation or the light of conscience, when they, these people that we're dealing with, knew God, so again, every person is without excuse. Every person has been revealed that there is a God by the light of conscience and the light of creation. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. So they came to a conscious choice. All right, there is a God but I don't want to believe in God, so I reject him. They reject the light that they have. It says, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. I never go through this passage without underlining here. The very first step in backsliding is to be unthankful. You know, even being thankful changes the way that you think. And being unthankful is a step to show that your thinking has changed. And neither were they thankful. Notice this. But became vain or empty in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. So here's the principle that we have so far. That God has revealed himself in the light of creation and the light of conscience to every man. So every man is without excuse. And every man has to respond to this light. And the principle is light obeyed produces more light. And light disobeyed produces more darkness. Imagine if you would mind that you have a well lit path. And this path that you have is enough to show you the next step, but you could clearly see it. And so you choose to walk in the light that you have. And as you walk in the light, more light is revealed. It's like a flashlight. The flashlight doesn't show you 10 miles down the road, but it can show you the next step. However, if someone sees the light and they make a choice not to walk in the light, they walk aside, they still have a little bit of light they can respond to. They can, at any time, they can turn back to the path that they had, but they choose not to. And after a while, walking away from the light, they go into more darkness. And the Bible begins to explain that as they reject God, starting by being unthankful, and they reject the light that they have, their thinking begins to change. How they think 
what they think changes. You understand that no one in the world today, if you went and did a survey and said, I'm doing a survey for school, I want you to ask this question. Do you think that you are wrong? Does anybody think they're wrong? The way that people think, they think that they, the way that they think is correct. And they can't understand why someone will get in their face and said, you're not even thinking right. By the way, it doesn't matter who they are and whatever side of the spectrum they go to. Nobody understands that they think wrong. They, everyone thinks they're right. No one says, hey, you know what? I'm this political party and I know I don't think right. So follow me. What they are doing is they honestly think they are thinking correctly. What has happened? Their thinking has changed based off of their response to who God is. And they begin to walk different. Now we're talking also about the world system. That we have a system and a culture and a philosophy. And it builds together. That if you have enough people that are thinking the same, it develops a system and a philosophy. And they are moving together. But notice as it goes on in verse number 22. Professing themselves to be wise... They become fools. Now, in verse 22, these people honestly think they are wise. Their thinking is wrong. Not understanding that the way that they are thinking is is contrary to who God is and what God has said. Verse number 23, And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts, And creeping things. So in verse 23. They have to do something with this knowledge of God. Because they don't want God to rule over them. So therefore they have to believe or accept something else. And they have to change the biblical view of God. What God has revealed about himself. And they have to explain it away. They have to put it away. And their thinking changes in order to adapt that new philosophy. Because of the way that they think and the way that they live, they now have to change who God is in their understanding. So when this happens, notice verse 24. Wherefore, or because of this, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So as they say, there's no God or It's not the God of the Bible. Sure, there may be a God and they try to explain it away. God allows them to continue with their thinking. And their thinking begins to affect their bodies and how they live. And by dishonoring their bodies, by doing things to their bodies, that is not how God intended them to treat their bodies. And you go ahead and look at the world and insert whatever thing you are. But without a doubt, they dishonor their bodies and the way that they treat it. Whether they're inserting drugs, whether they're doing something else to it. They are affecting their body because of their change of thinking. And God is letting them. Fine, if you don't want to respond to me, I'll let you do what you want and see where that takes you. 
And so their thinking process is getting further and further away. Notice in verse 24 or 25. So God turns them over, lets them do whatever they want. As they're doing whatever they want, verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. So now they come to the place where they worship themselves more than God. I am most important. My philosophy, my ideas are more important. And whenever you say something contrary to the way that they think, they now assume that you are attacking their God, which is their belief. And they take it personally. Notice as it goes on. Verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men working with men with that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves recompense of their error which was met. All right, so God turned them over, and now they are even adopting different philosophies of lifestyles, including homosexuality. And they're thinking it's natural, and to them, in their mind, this is normal. And why wouldn't people accept this? Because of the way that they think, the way that they think is changed, and they don't realize it. Now as it goes on in verse 25. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Notice how many times it's using the idea of thoughts and minds in these passages. Because the battleground is in their thinking. Belief affects behavior. That they've turned against God and they've gone their own way. And their thinking has changed. And they take steps further away from God. And their thinking has changed. And they take more steps away from God. And their thinking has changed. And the whole time, the way that they are now currently thinking, they think is normal and acceptable. And they have no way to understand. They, it just blows their mind why someone could think differently than the way they're thinking now. To them, they think this is normal. The way that they think has changed notice so they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge in their mind and now God's allowing them to do those things which are not convenient meaning that fine now they're running towards sin notice this list now in verse 29 being filled with all unrighteousness fornication wickedness covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural effect, implacable, unmerciful, and so we could see belief as affect behavior. And now they have turned themselves over to behavior. And they are now engaging in behavior that is not acceptable unto God. But to them, why wouldn't you? If you could tell a lie and get away with it, why wouldn't you? 
If I could hurt someone and get away with it, why wouldn't you? And this whole list goes on. And to them, the way that the world is trained and the world's system, they bring it to the place where this is natural thinking to them because of the world and its system. For any teenager, they think it is natural because of the way our society and our system is. They think it's natural for all teenagers to be rebellious to parents. And it's not. That's not what God intended. It's not. People today think that the idea of of murder, debate, all of this list here, just go through it. They think it's natural. In today's world, it talks about fornication uh, in this list. In today's world, they couldn't understand how someone could keep themselves pure. That, that thinking is so foreign to them. They don't understand that. They think it's a natural act. Why not engage into it naturally? And they don't understand these principles to them because of the way the world's thinking. We're the oddballs out now. They think we're the crazy kooks because the thinking has changed. Now, as we line up time and we line up the things that have occurred, think about this. That a society started off in America with revival. And because of revival, everyone had a biblical knowledge of God, whether they were saved or not saved. They had a biblical way of looking at things. This is, by the way, why a Benjamin Franklin who was not saved could still have correct thinking because of the way that everyone thought at the time. But... As time went on, of course, revivals, and we'll talk more about this later, would bring people back to the Bible. But without revivals and people going to their natural thinking, it moves further and further and further away from God. The world system is always moving further and further and further away from God. Until because we haven't had revivals in such a long time. And society has not been affected by Christians. And bringing them to a biblical line of thinking. Their thinking is so far away. That it is foreign in thought. To people who are lined up with the Bible. It is so completely. And by the way. It is the thoughts. They think they're thinking naturally. And they cannot understand. Why some crazy folks would believe like we do. And as we line up with the Bible. Their thinking is so foreign. We can't even imagine. To think like they do. Notice as we finish off this passage here in verse 32. Who, speaking about these people, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now it gets to the place of the line of thinking. So, God hates this sin? Well, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to see what he does. Ha, 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 ha. And you have people that are bragging about going to hell. They make light of it. They say, oh, I can't wait to meet all my friends there. I don't want to see a God there that tells me what to do. And their way of thinking is so foreign and so drastically different. And society, the world system, not the people, people are not an enemy. But this thinking has now bubbled up 
And it has changed the way that people are thinking. And it's constantly pulling further and further and further away. The world system is always tugging at them. There is no such thing as someone staying still. Which brings me to my second idea here. My second thing I want to show you. And that is back in the book of Romans chapter number 12. The book of Romans chapter 12 where we started off with. So what we have here is the world's system which is against God. And it is one of our enemies. And it is getting further and further away from God. And the way that they think. And it's making it so the way that they're thinking they think it is natural. And then we have a biblical line of thinking, and they are two drastic lines of thinking so far apart. Notice with me in verse number 2 again, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Notice this. This is a constant work that is going on every person's life. The world is trying to conform your line of thinking To the world's system. The more that you hang out with the world. The more that you begin to sympathize with them. And the more you begin to understand with them. And the more you begin to think like them. This is a constant process. That is pulling on every person. Even me. The world system is always trying to change. The way that people think. And bring them here. So God says. Warns us. But be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. The battleground is in the mind. That you may prove that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. How how in the world can you be transformed? I'm glad you asked. Notice with me verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice this. Our thinking comes last. Our obedience comes first. By the way, this principle is given throughout the word of God. That we obey first and God will establish our thoughts. It is a conscious thing that as we obey God... The Holy Spirit draws us close and changes the way that we think. So it starts off with someone getting saved. When someone gets saved, they have to repent. Part of that repentance is a change of mind. That they come to the place where the Holy Spirit reveals to them that their way of thinking about the world, themselves, and everything is wrong. Now they come to the place where they realize that it is me that is a sinner. And I deserve to go to hell. God was right. I was wrong. But Jesus died for me. And I accept what Christ has done for me. There is a change of thinking. By the way, the Holy Spirit's the one that draws the people. We can't divorce them. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing. If the Holy Spirit's not drawing, the person cannot get saved. Because it is the Holy Spirit that changes mind. We have to understand this. You cannot change anyone's mind. Stop trying. Your life will be a lot better if you stop trying to debate and argue and fight because your Facebook post is not going to wake someone up. It is the Holy Spirit's job. For our part, we are dependent on the Holy Spirit. So it starts as someone gets saved. And then as they start obeying, you know what happens? 
they begin to change without them even knowing about it. This is one of the reasons why discipleship is so important to us. Discipleship, you develop the habit of obedience to Christ. That everything we do in the Christian life is habits. You get in the habit of going to church, the habit of uh, reading your Bible, the habit of praying. You get in the habit of obeying God. And as you obey God, without you knowing about it, without anyone explaining it, without anyone opening up things, they're teach showing you to obey, and you obey, the way that people's thinking starts to change naturally. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's changing their mind. So many times people will go, Preacher, we got this new person here. How are we going to fix their problems what they have over there? Discipleship. But you don't even have that lesson in the discipleship class. It's not needed. Because as they start obeying God, God changes their thinking. And as their thinking changes, now as they're willing to obey, it's much easier to help them with their issue because they've already developed the habit of, of obedience. Their thinking begins to change and your belief affects your behavior. If I go straight up front and say, Bless God, you don't do this right. People say, forget that. But if their thinking changes, and now they want to see what God says, and they start changing automatically, and changing the way that they do things, and they change the way that they uh, deal with things, then sometimes I don't have to change their behavior at all. Their behavior changed. I go back and explain why their behavior changed. That's much easier than trying to push them into something in the very beginning. I let the Holy Spirit do its work. That's how God does. It's the idea of them obeying. And so this is a constant process. Now think about this. It starts at salvation. And then as we obey, God naturally changes the way we think. But here we go. The world is always pulling against us. The world is always trying to draw us. The world is always trying to pull this. So, whenever you stop being transformed as you obey God, when you stop obeying God in an area, the world starts pulling you more. You can tell the change if you've been following the Lord for a while and you stop reading your Bible for a week or two. You can actually tell that your thinking changes. By the way... This is why it's so dangerous for people to be out of church. And I'm sorry, if you are physically able to be in church, you are not sick and you're not working, you're in disobedience. And your mind will begin to think differently when you are not assembled together here. This is why we worry for anyone who misses services. I don't care if they say, I watch every service preacher. Let me tell you, you are being conformed to the world because of the disobedience. This is why this year has been so dangerous. Because it's giving them a cheap substitute. And by the way, we're still broadcasting because we could reach people. And there are people who are not part of our services who will hear this message. But let me tell you, whoever is listening, you need to be part of a local church and assemble together. Because if you don't, you are going to be conformed more and more and more to this world. The world is going to draw you. 
every Christian has to understand this is a constant battle. This is why some people say, well, preacher, I read my one chapter of the Bible today. And I'm looking at someone who's being conformed to this world. And if they don't get it fixed, they're going to be out of church. You say, how can I say that? Because the Bible tells me so. It's a battleground of the mind. You need to be in the Bible or your thinking will change. You need to be in church or your thinking will be changed. You need to be constantly having that intimate time of prayer or your thinking will begin to change. Remember what I said the very first step of backsliding is? To be unthankful. You know what happens when you start to be unthankful? You begin to complain. And every time you complain, and we'll see this in our Moses series, when you complain, what you're saying is that God has not been good to me. That God is not right, and God is not good. And whenever you start to have that thinking in your mind, you start to walk more in darkness. Because you think God has not been good, and God has not been right. You understand the battleground is in the mind. It is the world system that is constantly trying to pull on us. And we have to purposely obey God. And as we obey God, he changes our thinking. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Now... We know that the world is constantly getting further. But you know what the answer to that is? Revival. What is revival, by the way? Every preacher has a different definition. We want to try to line things as much as we can to the Bible. It's when God's people make a purposeful choice to be obedient to God. And he pours out his spirit affecting the community around them. As God's people get right with him, thoroughly right with him, and obey to him, and start witnessing and praying, God will pour out his spirit of blessing because he promised he would. And we can expect a revival to start changing and affecting people nearby. And as a revival happens, the way that people think around us, even if they're not saved, begins to change. And it resets things. What we're seeing here in America is years without revival and that constant pull getting further and further and further. And there is no getting better from that other than Holy Spirit revival. The election will not change the way people think. And what's going to happen is that more and more people who came from a biblical background, are going to start thinking like them. And more and more things are going to be acceptable that baffles our mind. Because their thinking is so completely different. What we understand is that there is a spiritual war going on. And that our enemies are not flesh and blood. But they're against principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness in high places. So one last thing I want to go. We started with understanding the battlegrounds of the mind. And then we said, how did we get this way? Why do they think the way they do? Because they had a knowledge of God and they rejected it. And God turned them over and their thinking changed. 
until they're completely different. We explained that we're either being conformed to this world or being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That the world, its system is constantly pulling on us. And that any time that we're not obeying God, it only takes a couple days for you not to be in your Bible and your thinking changes. It only takes a couple services for you to miss before your thinking starts to change. And you don't even see it. Again, Forgive the personal illustrations. I can't recall how many times I dealt with someone who was outside of church. They were in church. They were faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, Wednesday night. And they dropped something. They stopped soul winning. And then they skipped Sunday night. Then they started skipping Sunday school. And then they started missing Wednesdays. And they started hitting and missing And when I talk to them and I'm trying to explain to them that they need to get right. They think they are right and they think they're doing fine. And yet the things that they're telling me is betraying that. The way that they're thinking has now changed. And they don't even realize it. Which is the horrible part of this. Because it's the way that we think. Because the battlegrounds in the mind. And because no one thinks that they're wrong. It's hard to go up to them and say your thinking is wrong. And here's why. Nobody likes to hear that. And very few of us understand that our thinking changes. So now... Let me explain what's the goal of this. After all, we have to look at where the ends are going to be at. We looked at Romans chapter 1 and see that those that are conformed to the world, where the end result is going to be at. That they get to the place where they find out what makes God mad and they do it on purpose because they want to show it in God's face. Ha, God's not going to do anything. So that's the end result. That's not going to be pretty after they abuse their body, dishonor their bodies, fall into sin, and carry the consequences of sin in their bodies. Then they have to face God. What is the result for us? Now we're talking about the temporal. We know that everyone's going to have to face God. For them, they're going to carry the consequences of sin in their bodies because of the way they think. What about us? What about us that are obeying God? What is the end result here on this earth? Well, notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of Philippians, chapter number 2. Again, because the Bible speaks about so much about the mind, I actually had to cut out tons of stuff in order to bring this to a manageable uh, lesson. There is so much what the Bible says about the mind, about thinking, and how our thinking has changed. But let's see the end result of this. Where does it end up if we continue to obey the Bible, we follow after God, and we try to allow God to transform us by the renewing of our mind? Where does it end us up? What's the end result? What are we being transformed into? Notice with me, if you don't mind, the book of Philippians chapter 2. The book of Philippians chapter 2, and notice with me verse 1. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. If there be therefore... Any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, notice this, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. 
Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than ourselves, than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of other. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So notice this. We're going to talk more about this. But what's the end goal? To have the mind of Christ. To think like Christ thought. And if we think like Christ thought, then we're going to behave like Christ behaved. So the goal is to have the mind of Christ. And notice these things. We'll run through it again. Fulfill ye the my joy that ye be like-minded. Verse 2. Having the same love. Being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of other. Let this mind be in you. Which is also in Christ Jesus. Now notice the end result. The God is changing our mind to have us the mind of Christ. Then it's going to show up in our behavior. Verse number five or verse number six. Who speaking of Christ being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of man. He humbled himself. And became obedient. Unto death. Even the death of the cross. What we see here. Is having the mind of Christ. That God changes our mind. Our mind. Our belief affects our behavior. That as we have the mind of Christ. We start to have the behavior of Christ. And we come to the, like this. Verse 7. Made himself of no reputation. Boy, that's the opposite of what our flesh likes. We all like the pat in the back. We all like the attaboy. We all like pastor to say, let me tell you, we have in our midst the greatest church cleaner who's ever cleaned the church. And let me present to you. We all like that. But having the mind of Christ brings us to the place where we don't need that. And it changes. It's the way that we think. If we're not obeying Christ, then we get sideways. Pastor didn't recognize that I scrubbed the toilet. <laughs> People get that away. But having the mind of Christ who said, I'm willing to be a servant and be of no reputation. Notice this. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Most people don't have any clue what it means to be a servant. Some people have the idea to be a servant means that I help out every now and again. No. The idea of a servant carries the exact definition of a slave. Oh, we don't like that. I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I want to choose what I want to do. I want the, the good stuff that everyone's going to recognize me. No, take upon the form of a servant. Whatever needs to be done, I'm willing to do. No matter how hard, how laborious, how boring, how monotonous, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to be a servant. Even if I don't get the applause, even if I never get recognized, I'm willing to do it. Notice as it goes on, 
Being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Again, we have a hard time with that. But Jesus had no problems obeying whatever God said, even unto the death of the cross. God said, Jesus, I want you to go to the cross. And he said, it's not what my flesh wants, but I'm willing to do it. We have a hard time obeying. You know what this obedience is? It's this idea that I'm looking forward to obeying. Tell me what to do. Most people will obey if you point out, you, go do this. They tell you that in, a, in CPR class and EMT classes. That most people will gawk and just kind of stare. You have to say, you, go call 911. You, go get a towel. And by the way, that's how most people are inside of a church. I can't tell you how many times somebody came up and said, Pastor, can I clean the church? It's been a while since I cleaned the toilets. Can I please, please, please? You know, most of the time it's, can we please get someone to clean the bathroom? Can we get, please, maybe someone volunteer without complaining how big of a burden it is? And that's just little things. Most of the time in the Christian life, we spend so much time trying to twist people's arms and beg and plead. and We need something done. Will you help? But Jesus was looking forward to obeying. Why? And some people say this is foreign. Because it starts with the mind. It's not the idea that you force yourself into this position. It's the idea where your mind is. Again, with a discerning person with the Bible, you could speak to someone and have a normal conversation and see where they're at. By how they think. And again, no, most people don't even realize how they think. They think how they think is normal. But let me tell you one of the greatest things is to take a new Christian who thinks so far over here. And watch them come to know Christ and watch them in discipleship and watch them obey. And watch how they change and see them as they start changing the way they think. And they don't even see it. They don't even change. And all of a sudden they're over here and they go, how did I ever think like that? God changed it. It's wonderful. But again, what we're trying to do is realize as 2020 has really exposed people's thinking on so many issues. And remember, we're not talking about political parties here. We're talking about the idea of thinking like Christ or thinking like the world. It doesn't matter what political party you are. Many of them think over there. They're just in different tracks. We're talking about having the mind of Christ. And as we're obedient to God and following what he's given us, he changes our mind. And so at any time, one of two things are happening to you. There is no such thing as you being static. You are either being conformed to this world or you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, as you're obeying Christ and following him... He's changing your mind. But anytime you stop, anytime you stop being obedient to God, he changes, your mind starts to conform and go back to the way that the world thinks. You may still be way over here, but it wasn't as close as you used to be. And you're going to start drifting closer and closer and closer. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.